This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I am very excited to be joined by our next guest. On the line is our Odyssey NFL insider, Peter King. All of our insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. He is with NBC Sports. For my money, he is the best sports writer covering the National Football League. Peter, happy to have you on today. Hey, good to be on with you, Carrington. How are you doing? Absolutely, Peter. I'm going to guess that it's been a long time since you've been to a Super Bowl watch party, but let's say that you did. What is a snack that you need at your Super Bowl watch party? Because I love a good buffalo chicken dip. Uh, You know, the crazy thing is I've never been to one, so I don't know. I Look, I'm going to be really, really boring and say, just give me a really good cheeseburger, medium well, and I would like on the side some very crispy, well-done fries. And then you can just leave me alone for the next four hours. I will not be bothered. I won't bother anyone. <clears throat> I'll just be happy as a lark the rest of the time. No, that certainly makes a lot of sense. Right now, we're joined by Peter King of NBC Sports. Let's go back to the AFC Championship game really quickly. Peter, my biggest takeaway from the game was I saw a team in Kansas City that has really leaned into what their formula is. They have utilized Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice. They have run the ball very well with Isaiah Pacheco, and they have just cut a lot of the turnovers and mistakes that they made over the course of the regular season out. I'm still not sure what the game plan was for Baltimore. They only called three runs in the second half of that game where Baltimore got to this point but didn't do any of the things that helped them be the best team in the regular season. That's my biggest takeaway from the AFC Championship game. My biggest takeaway, Carrington, was that um, I thought that uh, Lamar Jackson was tentative. Part of that was Steve Spagnuolo uh, throwing, I think, look, one of the things, one of the reasons why Steve Spagnuolo is great and by the way, I'd probably have gotten five, six, seven, five at least uh, emails to my column this week <clears throat> saying either uh, Steve Spagnolo, you know, might be Super Bowl MVP, so great, or is there a way to get Steve Spagnolo consideration for the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Can assistant coaches make it? And of course they can. They usually don't, but I mean, they never have, but, but I think one of the things that Spagnolo does so, so, so well, you can go back now, whatever it is, 16 years, uh, 
when he was with the Giants, and you can see how he mystified Tom Brady and, uh, you know, the Patriots that year. So I think he does a lot of things that teams don't expect. That's number one. I think number two, uh, I think that Lamar Jackson appeared to me anyway to be tentative, whereas Josh Allen will say, because obviously running is a big part of Josh Allen Allen's game too. Josh Allen will say, hey, screw it. We're stalled. I'm taking off. Get out of my way. And I didn't sense that there was ever that feel from Lamar Jackson saying, hey, listen, Todd Munkin, what we decided to do this week really hasn't worked. I need to take this game into my own hands. And again, nobody blames Michael Jordan or LeBron James when they say clear out, I am going to win this game. I mean, and in my opinion, sometimes quarterbacks have to do that, and he didn't do that. There's one other thing about the game that I feel very, very strongly about. I wrote this in my Football Morning in America column this week, and that is that you know, about three months ago now, I was in Frankfurt, Germany, uh, and I saw Kansas City beat Miami and in that game, Kansas City's offense was lousy. And remember, they won 21 to 14, but seven points came on a defensive touchdown. And after the game, I interviewed uh, Patrick Mahomes for NBC on the field. And he said to me flat out, he said, do not worry. We will fix this offense. I promise you. And I go over to him in the locker room afterwards uh, I mean, he is—he uh, hasn't done his press conference yet, but I just went over to him and I say, hey, listen, thanks a lot for for doing that on the field. He goes, hey, no problem. He goes, hey, man, said, I'm just telling you what I said on the field. I mean, we will fix this offense. <clears throat> and so no one would say these are the Tyreek Kansas City Chiefs. No one would say that, that they don't have the same – explosive quality, but I'll tell you what they do have. They have a running back who's ferocious. And I think he was, obviously he was a huge factor against Buffalo. He's been a huge factor averaging whatever 85 yards a game this postseason. They finally have a receiver who they can trust a physical, uh, sure-handed receiver in Rasheed Rice. Took him a while to get going, but he's there now. And obviously, they have one of the best tight ends who ever played in Travis Kelsey, who was gigantic in that game on Sunday. And so I think they now have got their offense figured out to the point that if we have to run, we love Isaiah Pacheco. He's going to handle it. And we got a really good uh, backup right now in Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I'm sure is not thrilled that He's not getting 22 carries a game, but that's the way it is. And obviously, they've got good enough pass catchers now. Right now, we're talking to Peter King of NBC Sports. He is our Odyssey insider. All of our insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice Gentleman Blends Body Wash, providing exfoliation plus for 24-7 moisturization because men have skin too. Peter, next week I want to dive more into the game, but I want to talk more about the storylines this week. We actually haven't asked you about this yet. What do you make of all the conversation around Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey? 
I think it's a pathetic example of what's wrong with America, honestly. Um, you know, Travis Kelsey is allowed to have a girlfriend, and it's okay. Did his performance suffer on Sunday? 11 targets, caught all 11, uh, made an amazing catch in the end zone. And so his girlfriend happens to be incredibly famous. And these people are finding fault with it for whatever reason and finding political uh, reasons to be upset about this. It's just, it's absurd. It's absurd. You know, and again, look, I'm not naive enough to think people are going to leave them alone. But I am, you know, I continue to be depressed by so many people in this country who want to ascribe different values to a football player than they would to a guy walking down the street uh, who lives in Shawnee Mission. Uh, Travis Kelsey happens to be famous. One-tenth as famous as his girlfriend. But who cares? Let them live their lives. And if you're going to follow them around the paparazzi, that's the way life goes, I guess. But just basically stop ascribing values to them that are maybe what you think, you know, as as far as, oh, this is terrible, this is, uh, you know, they're doing this for the wrong reasons, it's a fix, it's this. I It's just really disappointing to me. I think that Travis is obviously going to be a major talking point at media day on Monday. And Patrick Mahomes is obviously going to be at the center of conversation as well. Peter, you have seen them all. You saw all of Brady's career. You saw Montana at the end. You saw Favre. You saw Manning. You have seen them all. Where do you rank Patrick Mahomes in your conversation of greatest quarterbacks of all time? Well, I think however you, however you're going to uh, answer this question, you simply have to have an asterisk on it, okay? Because, look, I believe as of right now, and I've got to go try to figure this out, of all the quarterbacks who are in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, how many of them have gone to, have, have, have done the following? They've gone to four Super Bowls. They have started for six years, and every year, have played in the conference championship game, uh, have the kind of playoff record that he has, whatever it is now, 14 and three, I forget. But whatever the record is, it's ridiculous. And I think that probably other than Tom Brady, I doubt, and maybe there are some metrics that Joe Montana would still be ahead of him, and maybe even Terry Bradshaw, I don't know. But he's done things in six years. And Carrington, if you think about it, he's won, if, if, if he wants to and if he's healthy, he's one third of the way through his career. He still has, you would think, if he chooses, he's got 12 seasons, I would think, easy to go with the way the quarterbacks are protected today with the example set by Brady, Breeze, uh, all these quarterbacks who lasted playing exceedingly well until they were 40 years old and older. Um, I think he's going to go down as probably one of the two or three best, 
but part of going down as the greatest quarterback of all time means you have to have longevity. You can't declare someone the greatest ever after six years. Can't do it. Now, I would be, I would be ridiculous to sit here and say he's not going to do it. I think he's got a heck of a chance to do it. But I just want to remind you of one thing. Things change fast in the NFL. And you would think, you know, with Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and, and, and Kelsey and, and the base of talent that there is on this team, that they will figure out a way to stay competitive, assuming that for at least one more year, the base is all, the core is all going to be together. But just remember this one thing. First Super Bowl I ever covered, uh, 19, or early 1985, I think it was still January then. January of 85, Palo Alto, California. Dan Marino in his second year playing against Joe Montana. And Montana won the game, and afterwards, everybody, everybody was saying about Marino, oh, man, he's going to get back. Don't, don't worry about that. He'll win multiple Super Bowls. He'll be back multiple times to this game. He never got back. And obviously, it's a different story with, with Patrick because he's got the base of talent that he's been back now. This is fourth one. It's amazing. But there are no guarantees in life. So I would say he's got a good chance, but man, Bill Parcells used to have this statement where he'd say it three times a week when I covered the New York Giants in the 80s. Man, they don't sell insurance for that stuff. So we'll see. Last question here, Peter, and I appreciate your time. You actually just answered one of them. What was your first Super Bowl? So I'll ask you the second and third part of that. What has been your favorite Super Bowl to cover and attend? What has been your favorite halftime show that you've got a chance to see? My favorite halftime show was U2 at that really emotional time in New Orleans where uh, after 9-11, that, that was – I love the Tom Petty halftime show too. Um, but most of the music I don't really listen to these days. So I – you know, so I'm sure Usher is going to do a fabulous job, but I'll probably be writing some stuff at halftime instead of watching. And he asked my favorite Super Bowl. I have to answer that by telling you my favorite Super Bowl plus the experience. My favorite Super Bowl was Patriots-Falcons, where the Patriots came back from a 28-3 lead to win in overtime. And one week after the game, uh, I got on a plane and I flew to Montana to spend 86 minutes recording Tom Brady's uh, memories of this game, both for a podcast that I do and also for, I, I very rarely, I, this may have been the only time where I did a two-part column. I simply could not finish everything in 17,000 words that I wrote about Brady uh, coming out of that conversation. So we did a two-part column. And one of my great memories of that of that game far and away is when I asked him about uh, that game and how it happened. And why is it that at the end of that game, why were your primary targets, Malcolm Mitchell, a third round rookie and Chris Hogan, a free agent they picked up off the street. I said, 
I can't figure out why you went to those guys. And he goes, Peter, 110 practices. And he goes, I trust those guys. I've thrown more than a thousand balls to each one of those guys this year. I know exactly on a comeback route, if they're supposed to put their foot in the ground at 15 and I hit them at 13, that is exactly where they're going to be. So if you have that kind of trust, I don't care what these guys' names are, you know, and I just thought that was so great about Tom Brady and his approach to game to the game. And, and I'll just end with this. I was with Kyle Shanahan on Tuesday of this week uh, out in California. And I told him that story and his first, first words out of his mouth is man, that's football. And so that's why to me, when I see Pat, uh, Patrick Mahomes, he maybe has to rely on Sky Moore or Justin Watson, not Sky Moore now, but Justin Watson or, or lesser guys. It's okay. He's going to rely on the guys he trusts as long as he can trust them and he knows exactly where they're going to be in the critical moments. And that is Peter King joining us on the show today. He is our Odyssey NFL insider. All of our insider calls are brought to you by Old Spice. Men have skin, too. Peter, I'm excited for next week when you and I can really dive in and take a closer look at Super Bowl 58. But it was so cool to hear your stories of you have been to a lot of these Super Bowls, man. That's a really cool experience. Thanks a lot for hopping on with us today. Really appreciate it, Peter. All the best, Carrington. You take care. Absolutely. That's Peter King joining us on the show today. Rob, what's been your favorite Super Bowl so far? So let's remove the Chiefs from this conversation because obviously a local tie. We have seen them win two of them. What has been your favorite Super Bowl? And I always, I also kind of feel like in this conversation, you have to remove the first Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Giants. Because if you were asking me, like, let's say that I die tomorrow and somebody gets up there and like, hey, what did I miss? You missed the greatest football game that I have ever seen. The Super Bowl between the Patriots and the Giants and seeing if they were going to finish off the undefeated season, which none of us ever thought we would see the tension of the fourth quarter, the surprise that the Giants were even in the football game, because you remember the Patriots beat them earlier in the season. And my belief that that 2007 Patriots team is the greatest football team that we have ever seen. And the improbable catch at the end of the game. I think that is the best football game that we have ever witnessed. So I think that's the number one answer. I'm curious what you think. Like if you ask, hey, what's your favorite Super Bowl? What's a Super Bowl that stands out to you? Well, I mean, you're going to take away my top three answers because I would have told you the Chiefs ones because I would have told you the kid growing up in Kansas City. I don't know. I'd ever see it. And to now see it, what, four times in five years? Just it still feels surreal. So we'll pull that aside. I would tell you that 07 game is the greatest football game I've ever seen. Like, no, just as a total neutral, it's the greatest football game I've ever seen. So we're pulling that one to the side. That's that's fair. I don't think it counts. I would say if you remove those things, the best Super Bowl I saw is that Cardinals Steelers one. I don't remember the number. I don't remember the year, but you know the one I'm talking about where that Cardinals team, it felt like it felt like David and Goliath because the Cardinals all her lifetime were a laughing stock. They played in the Arizona State Stadium. They got they were a retirement community. They had Emmett Smith at a thousand years old. The Cardinals were bums that we made fun of. 
They suddenly had a new stadium. They had Kurt Warner, and they were really good going up against one of the prohibitive franchises in the history of the NFL. We had that long touchdown from James Harrison. You had the long touchdown from Larry Fitzgerald. The second half was back and forth. You had the iconic catch of San Antonio Holmes in the corner. You had two quarterbacks that we now know are going to the Hall of Fame. Like, that was one of the better Super Bowls, if you put all those caveats on it, that I remember seeing. That one stands out. Yeah, I'll give you mine, aside from the 07 one. It's the first Patriots win for me. You remember, that Rams team, they were the Chiefs. Like, how we looked at them, how we viewed them at that time, they were the it team. They had Kurt Warner, they had Marshall Falk, they had Isaac Bruce, Torrey Holt. They had already... That was the team of its time was the St. Louis Rams. And Rob, you remember heavy favorites in that game. The Brady story was crazy. They weren't even supposed to be there because of the tuck rule game. If you remember back to that game, that's the game in which the Patriots came out and they had locked on. Remember the Patriots didn't come out individually. They came out as a team and you were like, oh, wow. All right. Hey, this Patriots team and the game was really close. And Brady then took them down the field to kick the field goal. And I remember it in the moment. And I went back and I watched it when John Madden passed a couple of years ago today. Because if you were under 40, the way that I am, you just grew up. And John Madden was an idol. Like John Madden taught us football. Whether it was the broadcast, whether it was growing up in the Madden generation. And every year you were dialed into playing Madden. Like John Madden taught a majority of us about football. And Madden was hell-bent on that the Patriots were making the wrong decision, that the Patriots should have needed, and that they should have went to overtime. And Brady, in that moment, proved John Madden wrong. And if you go back and listen to the broadcast, you can hear as time progresses, you can hear how he he becomes a believer of Tom Brady in that moment. And you had never heard John Madden speechless at the end of anything. And at the end of the drive, whenever Brady spikes the ball and the ball bounces back up to him, you can just hear that Tom Brady had done something so well that John Madden sort of had to tip his cap and say, salute. They then kick the field goal. They win. That's the Patriots win. And then there's that iconic moment where it's Drew Bledsoe on the stage and it is Tom Brady and he hits him on his shoulder pads. And Brady's like, can you believe that we just won the Super Bowl? That's probably my favorite Super Bowl memory aside from the Patriots one. And it's funny because I mean, with how often the Chiefs have been in the Super Bowl, there is going to be some kid that feels that way about Patrick Mahomes in those Super Bowl moments. He's already played in four of them. So you already had Jet Chip Wasp. You have already had the incredible throw that he made against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I know they got smoked in that game, but that is still one of the most remarkable throws that I've ever seen a player make. You have the run against the Philadelphia Eagles. Like 10, 15 years from now, someone is going to talk about Patrick Mahomes' moments in these games. And just based on his history and his track record, he will probably make one or two of them in this game next Sunday. I don't know what it is. Don't know when it is going to be. But the fact that every game we have seen Mahomes in this moment, he has done something incredible. I'm going to guess that he does something pretty incredible next week against the San Francisco 49ers. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, if you missed it, we had Mike Gennetti on the show. We'll play the best of that coming up in just a bit. I do want you guys to hear what Mike Gennetti had to say. He runs Spot Track. They are a salary cap website. That's where I get all my stats and information from. We'll play the best of that conversation for you coming up in about 15 minutes or so. But before that, 
Today are two very, very big anniversaries, and we'll talk about them next. Keep it right here. It's The Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison, brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car wreck? Get the money you deserve. Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The only place in town to hear the hypothetical button game is on The Drive with Carrington Harrison. All right. We're going to get back to very serious football things coming up in just a bit. But we have to talk about two anniversaries before we do that. The first anniversary was something that is maybe one of the biggest pop culture things that have happened, Robin, you and I existent. Today is the 20-year anniversary of Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson. Now, Rob, be honest. Did you see this live? Because I actually didn't see this live. I just remember all the reaction about it. That you guys might laugh at me. I actually didn't see this until a few years ago on YouTube. Like, I'd always seen the still photograph of it. But, like, actually watching the video of it, I don't really remember it live when it happened. I remember everyone saying, I remember all the energy in the room when I came back. But I actually don't really remember this live. I just remember the years of talking about it. Do you remember seeing Janet Jackson and Justin Timberlake live when it happened? So I would have been middle school-ish. This would have been, what, 04, which is Which is the prime age for this scandal. So I would have been middle school-ish, and it was, remember, that was, it wasn't just Timberlake and uh, Janet Jackson. That was like the MTV did the halftime show. So we mm-hmm. had all the artists that as a 14-year-old you listened to. Like, this is a big deal. And at the end, I remember seeing that he pulled, but I didn't know if it was like a, a gimmick or whatever. I didn't see it, see it, but I remember the adults in the room were all like, did that just happen? <laughs> and all the kids in the room, all the teenagers kind of like, 
what are you guys talking about? No one saw it, saw it, but yeah, obviously the steel photos, the whole deal. But as far as be like, whoa, that just happened. No. And I think that was before, like, I think TiVo existed, but the house that did not have TiVo. So there was no way to rewind and be like, is that what we thought we saw? You couldn't check Twitter or anything. So our party, I remember thought, we think that's what happened, but we can't confirm it, so we don't really know. Yeah, it was one of those things that, like, maybe you didn't really realize how big of a deal it was until the next morning when it was just everywhere. It was on Sports Center. It was on Good Morning America. It was on the Today Show. Like, I don't think we really understood in the moment sort of what we watched until we saw sort of the fallout and everything that had happened afterwards. If you guys remember it differently, 913-586-7610. Today is the 20-year anniversary of Justin Timberlake and Jan. Jackson at the Super Bowl and uh, their uh, incident. They had the best way what to call was it, it. What was the term they used? Wardrobe malfunction? Wardrobe malfunction. Definitely what it to was. To this day, I don't know what Justin Timberlake is doing that led to a malfunction. Like, what did they think was supposed to happen in that moment? I don't know. I wish I was like trying <laughs> to think of a really good answer. Like, if you rip it that part of her clothes, I... What you were trying to do happened, I thought. I, it seems like you you reached the goal that you were trying to reach. Today is the 16-year anniversary of really the birth of Stephen A. Smith. I mean, he has given us so many memories over the last 16 years, but I'm still not sure if he has given us one greater than this moment 16 years ago. Kwame Brown is gone. The City of Angels, Hollywood, just should be celebrated. Throw a parade already, whether you win a championship or not. This man was a bona fide scrub. He can't play. No disrespect whatsoever, but I'm sorry to call, tell everybody the truth. The man cannot play the game of basketball. He has small hands. He can't catch the ball. He's got bad feet. He can't really move, even though he's mobile. Doesn't really know what he's doing. Doesn't have a post move that he, he puts to memory that he can do two times in a row. He has no game whatsoever plays no defense, doesn't have the heart, the passion, or anything that comes with it. That is the day that Stephen A. Smith was born. That's my favorite Stephen A. Smith quote, rant. Um, And he's had some great ones. The Lamar Odom, stay off the weed. I mean, Stephen A. Smith has given us some greatest hits. He has given us now, that's what I call Stephen A. Smith here. He has been a consistent producer of a soundbite. There's none better than Bonafide Scrub. There's nothing better than no disrespect and then being completely disrespectful for the next 30 seconds towards Kwame Brown. Two great anniversaries in sports. Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, Stephen A. Smith, and Kwame Brown. The thing about that Stephen A thing is, and correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure he's on ESPN News when this happened. Great, great times. Because ESPN News was like, you were a kid, like, I was on the breaking news. I don't want NFL yearbook or whatever, like, specialty programming is on regular ESPN. That news broke. They then got Stephen A to come on, not the main ESPN, but ESPN News. That was always he, a great time. He said that and made such waves that he has become the biggest star at ESPN currently. What yeah, a come up. Yeah, that's the thing that, he's, that these young kids won't remember. Like, if you, like, let's say a trade happened and you wanted instant analysis, you knew exactly where to turn. ESPN News, they were doing it. Because you remember Sports Center, and they didn't really cut into live programming all of that often, you know? Like, they didn't really cut into it like they do now. Like, now, if a major trade happened, like, tomorrow, 
if James Harden was like, I want to be traded, they would just cut into whatever they were doing and they would have everybody there to talk about it. That's not really how ESPN was during this time. If something breaking happened, they would just do it on ESPN news. So when a big trade happened or, you know, and a big injury happened, you had to usually wait till five o'clock or nine whenever sports center would come on and you had to turn to ESPN news and Stephen A. Smith dropped. I mean, a classic. I mean, that that's gone diamond. That's what it's gone. It's gone diamond. I mean, both those anniversaries are a, a sign of how kids don't know what it's like anymore. When the Janet Jackson thing happened, no one kind of understood. There was no platform to talk to the world about it. You kind of didn't notice until the next day at the water cooler or you mentioned Good Morning America, like AOL.com. It was like their headline story. But no one really knew for the entire 12-hour window what had just happened. When Kwame Brown happened, you had to be on ESPN News because you had to care that on the bottom scroll, it said Kwame Brown traded by the Lakers more coverage on ESPN News. That was what a time. All right. So we're going to get back to the Chiefs here coming up in just a bit. But, Rob, I would like to read to you the most popular Super Bowl food in the state of Kansas is queso. That is the most good job, Kansas. Good job. That's the most popular one. That's according to this. It's queso. You guys, you know what? I was a little worried about you. Queso is number one. Tater tots is number two on the list. Fine. Fine. Number two. I don't know if I want to come to your function. If tater tots are available. Like, I don't think I've ever been to a Super Bowl party and tater tots were an available option. Like you're just you're just heating up the or Ida, you're just putting them in the in the oven, and we're just eating tater tots. I've never I've never been to one where tater tots were available. Now in Missouri, the number one most popular Super Bowl food is chili. See, that's why that's why Kansas is better than Missouri. Who's eating a hot bowl of chili at someone's house? That's that's weirder at the function. Yeah, I don't know if the Super Bowl is what I'm looking for, a hearty bowl of chili. Mm-hmm. Like, I just don't know if nope. that's what I'm looking for. I mean, if that's what you like, that's great. That's just not really the kind of foods usually that I'm going for. I'm a big finger foods person mm-hmm. during this time. Give me a pizza. Give me a wing. Give me a slider. Give me a pulled pork slider. You know I like a soup, but can I like? And you're, you're eating have, soup during the bowl? Like a chili or a soup is a weird thing. Okay, like, yeah, all right. I, th- I thought you were asking think, for soup no, at the Do, at do the you function. serve it in like a styrofoam cup to people? Or do they have, you're eating out of like bowls yeah, and utensils? Know. It's just weird. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've been to too many Super Bowl functions where we were eating off, you know, regular utensils. This is where you got to go paper plate. You know what I mean? You got too many people eating. You're going to eat too many times. The host already has enough to do to clean up and enough dishes to wash. They're not washing every bowl every cup every spoon in here yeah you're eating off paper utensils so chili seems like a really difficult thing to pull off for the super bowl i've never had a chili during it i also think you know chili requires so many like toppings and accoutrement like something like jalapeno something like white onion red onion aaron ladd told us on tuesday he likes a nice frito on his some people like you know heavy cheese some people like hot sauce you you gotta buy so many side items to get people to enjoy a chili missouri you're weird Somebody said, I can't be out here having soup with the boys. That's crazy. That is wild. Like, hey, what's upstairs? What we got to eat? Oh, my wife made some soup. Soup for what? I don't want no soup. Uh, Someone said, my buddy Harold and his wife, they're making tuna noodle casserole. Yo, if your team is in the Super Bowl and you're inviting people over and you tell me that what we need to have is tuna noodle casserole, it's time for me to go home. 
I'm not watching the game over here. This is one of the biggest games of my life. And this is the this is the meal that I'm having. Tuna noodle casserole. Your wife doesn't care about us. She doesn't love us. She doesn't. She doesn't she doesn't understand how important this game is if that's the kind of food that you're serving. If if your team is in the Super Bowl, you need to be outside deep frying a turkey. You need to be doing this big for the Super Bowl. We're not having tuna noodle casserole for the Super Bowl. No, that is not a Super Bowl meal. Not at all. Not a Super Bowl. We in Kansas City, Missouri. We in Kansas. You need to be outside on the back with the burn ins and the brisket and the ribs. Tuna noodle casserole, bro. She owe you one hall pass if that's what she makes for the Super Bowl next week. If, if that's the food that the wife tells you she's cooking, you can cheat on her in February. You got my permission. Coming up in a little bit, we're going to play the best stuff. We had Mike Gennetti on the show earlier. He's a salary cap expert. We took a big picture look at the Chiefs as we were getting ready for Super Bowl 58. Keep it right here, so Drive. The Drive with Carrington Harrison. Brought to you by Deep Esquale Moore. Car, truck, or motorcycle wreck? Remember, Mike's got this on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. This is The Drive with Carrington Harrison on 610 Sports Radio and the Odyssey app. We were reading a text and there was a, a gentleman that said that his wife is making tuna casserole for the Super Bowl and I encouraged him to leave his wife. Someone else replied, CDOT, I'm sorry, but if the lady of the house says it's tuna casserole, then we're having tuna casserole. No questions asked. Bruh, this is where you got to step in. This is where you got to grab your belt here. You got to put on your big boy pants. You got to say, baby, we're not doing this tonight. You know what? Let me handle it. Let me handle it today. Go get a pizza. If you are in a situation where the wife is about to make tuna casserole, I will give you free pizzas from the other place. I can't let you go out like that. Your team is in the Super Bowl. Your team is in the bowl. And upstairs, you guys are going to be sharing the tuna casserole meal for the game. I can't let you do that. I can't let you go out that way. Not if you listen to this show. I couldn't, I couldn't sleep right. I couldn't have that on my conscience. 
knowing that you were eating tuna casserole watching your team in the Super Bowl. You need to you need to call Rob right now and get a free pizza. Go ahead and set it up. I'll even call him for you so you can get some mozzarella sticks too. You can get the large pizza and the mozzarella sticks. I got to save you from yourself here. This is wild behavior. Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, a man who probably enjoys a tuna casserole, Sean Barber, will join us in studio. But I want to play this for you. We had Mike Gennetti on the show earlier. This is where I get all my salary cap information So our conversation starts with, he said that, hey, some of the Chiefs contracts are coming to roost. Hey, the Chiefs have built this up. There's some big-time free agents happening. Here's our conversation with Mike Giannetti. The contracts, man. I mean, you know it's coming. Michael Dana, Drew Tranquil, Jarius Sneed, Chris Jones. Those are not easy miles to feed right now, and I don't think uh, they're all coming back here for sure. Right now we're talking to Mike Giannetti of Track. This is where I get all my salary cap information from. Let's start with Chris Jones. Obviously there was a lot of friction this offseason between him, the organization, his agency, et cetera. How do you see that situation playing itself out? It's tight. Um, this is the preeminent free agent right now. This is the guy on the top of every list. I don't think the franchise tag's available here with $33 million plus. So what we're talking about is another ro- another round of $30 million per year or a team discount to stick around. He's about a $28 million player in our system. So is, it, is he going to take the discount, or is he going to walk March 13th and become one of the biggest free agents really in the history of the salary cap NFL? When you mention a team-friendly discount, is that in that 26 to 28 region? Because the franchise tag for him – is in the 30s. You and I both agree that if he hit free agency, he would get between 30 to $33 million. Are we talking about a team discount of being 26 to $28 million? Yeah, I think 28 is about right here because, you know, if you're talking about a $5 million discount, maybe they can fortify the guarantees a little bit to make it happen. Certainly they've been incentives before that he's been able to hit. So that's about right, you know, 27 $28 million per I can't see him going lower than that because you're right. If he hits the open market, he's $32 million a year. Right now we're talking to Mike Giannetti of Track going through the Chiefs offseason and what they're going to do from a franchise tag contract scenario. Who are the suitors for Chris Jones if he hits free agency? Yeah, plenty, right? I mean, the commanders have cap space. Tennessee has cap space. But if you want to talk contenders here, Houston's in, Detroit's in, and uh, Green Bay is probably so. You're, you're you're talking six teams minimum willing to go thirty million plus, who have cap space to front load that, and really take Kansas City out of this conversation. Let's talk about Legarius Sneed, who has certainly earned himself a lot of money over the course of the last six months or so. He has had a phenomenal year this season. It seems like his number has maybe jumped even more than where Chris Jones is. I understand that corners just make less than defensive linemen, but if we are talking about raises, I don't know if anybody on this team has made themselves more money over the course of the last six months or so than Legereus Sneed. You took the words out of my mouth. I've been on here with a bunch with you, and I think the last time we talked, I was discussing how this guy wasn't a true cornerback one. So to value him as a cornerback one was incorrect. Well, that's that's out the window. <laughs> So if he was a $10 million player six months ago, he's $16, $17, 18000000 million a year right now and uh, a quasi-safety in terms of what that money could cost. So you're right. One of the biggest paydays that came from 0 to 100 in the 2023 season, and somebody's going to snatch him up on a huge contract. 
Yeah, I just look at it where he is 27 years old. He's shown the versatility yeah. to do just about whatever you need him to do. You need him to play outside, he can do that. You need him to play inside, he can do that. You mentioned safety. You need him to blitz off the corner. That age, that production, that championship pedigree and being part of a great defense, that guy gets a lot of money thrown at him coming up in a couple of weeks. Huge, yeah. He's going to walk. He's going to be one of those huge free agents. And it's going to be, you know, the J.C. Jackson type top of the market contract. Only his is probably going to work out. So I do want to talk about some of the other players. You mentioned Drew Tranquil. You mentioned Mike Dana. We'll get to them coming up in a bit. So let's say that Brett Veach comes up to you and says, hey, you understand the salary cap. How would you make this work? you got Chris Jones, a premium free agent. you got Legereus Need, a premium free agent. You can only franchise tag one of them. You're probably not going to keep both in free agency. How would you play this thing out if you're Kansas City? You know, it's a great way to look at it. With Snead's age, he's probably a more valuable keep at this point in time. His his franchise tag is around that $19 million mark. So we're talking closer to the value. Chris Jones on $33 million plus, that's a really tough way to operate in March with your salary cap, even if he's certainly tagging tradable, right? So I think I'm franchise tagging Legereus Snead, trying to work something out that makes sense for everybody. And I'm just hammering out some kind of near top of the market contract for Chris Jones. But these are two of your preeminent players. So you've got to you've got to prioritize keeping these guys around at least for the first couple of weeks of March. And then if you have to operate with the trade, there'll be teams in on that. How realistic is a tag and trade? Now, obviously with Snead, you're talking about a twenty seven year old and if he gets franchise tag is eighteen million dollars. That's a very easy situation. It's not nearly as easy with Chris Jones. You're talking about thirty year old defensive lineman who is gonna make at least thirty million dollars next year. His tag and trade scenario doesn't seem nearly as straightforward as it does with Snead. Yeah, I agree with you. Not to mention most teams don't have thirty three million of cap space to acquire that player on through that trade. So yeah, I think you're dealing with Snead in terms of the franchise tag. And if, I mean, you don't want to see Chris Jones hit that open market, but you know you have at least, you know, a fallback option on him if he goes out there and you try to work something out through March. Let's say that Chris Jones hit free agency and let's say he signs with the Commanders, a team that you threw out there earlier. What does a Chris Jones free agent contract look like? Yeah, it starts at four for 120. You know, we're, we're getting them back to that $30 million mark. Nick Bosa's contract has only pushed things further, so I think we're going to be at four four years at thirty two million per year, two years fully guaranteed, and that third year vests with some with some twenty twenty five incentives. But it's uh it's going to be big, it's going to be huge, and uh, whoever gets them is going to get two really strong years of a defensive interior lineman. So now talking about Legereus Need, what does a Legereus Need free agent contract look like? Yeah, if he's a $16 million player in our system right now, that means about four for 64. So it, when he hits the open market, things generally go up about $2 million per year. So if he's on $18 million a year, you could probably sneak four or five years because of his age and feel pretty comfortable about it. What does a team-friendly deal look like for Snead? Yeah, I, I don't know that you can dip under $15 million at this point. And I know McDuffie's contract's going to come up, and that's going to counteract what you're doing here. But I think you're going to have to be in that four for 60, at least with an initial offer to keep him at least thinking about not hitting that open market. You mentioned some of the other free agents that they have. Mike Dana is a guy who had a really good season. It seems like he can sign like an Emmanuel Ogba deal when he signed with Miami, a two-year, $18 million, 
two-for-20 kind of deal. You mentioned Drew Tranquil, who signed a one-year deal but has certainly made himself a lot of money with how he's played this year. What about some of their other free agents? What's their value? What kind of contract are we talking about to keep them? Yeah, Tranquil was an out-of-nowhere situation. So the fact that he's going to triple his compensation is crazy. But, I, you know, he's a $7 million player right now. So I'm not even sure that's something you can keep around knowing how many other miles you have defeated. And Dana have, had a back-to-back really nice season that puts him in that, you're right, that second-tier edge defender conversation. So if we're talking $10 million a year, maybe like a three for 30, that's probably be about right. That was Mike Gennetti. If you want to hear the full conversation, you can do that at 610sports.com, also the Odyssey app. I look to my right, and you know what? It is a pleasant surprise. Sean Barber joins us on the show. Sean Barber, no, don't say anything yet. We're going to take a break. We're going to play the sounder. I got to give you a Super Bowl-worthy intro. We'll do that on the other side, and then Barbershop will be here. I'm certain that Barbershop has the San Francisco 49ers losing 70 to nothing and will tell us how he was the only person who believed in the Chiefs this entire year. Keep it right here, Sidra. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 